0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode, a 27th episode of Unbashful. You all know me if you've been here before. I am your host, Nicholas Doucette. And I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode of Unbashful. Now, for this week, we're going to be discussing impactful films, right? When you watch a movie, depending on what film you watch... You can watch it for the sole purpose of entertainment, right? Which is, you know, generally speaking, that is the main purpose of watching a film. It's entertainment. It's a form of escapism from our everyday, you know, things that we got to go through in life. However, there's some films that come across every now and then. that leave you questioning. Maybe questioning things about your life. Maybe questioning things that you do philosophical questions like, what is your purpose? They'll leave you scratching your head. And sometimes, sometimes films make us take action on certain things in life. Maybe things we've been delaying or things we've we've wanted to do but haven't started. And we were just looking for that little bit of fire, that little bit of fire to lit inside us. And some films do that. Some films inspire people to do things that they've wanted to do, that, that, the, that they've dreamed about doing for a very long time. Now, we're gonna go over some of these films. Now, when I say impactful, that doesn't always mean it's necessarily positive. It doesn't always mean that you're gonna get off the couch and, you know, take on humanity and, and, and be the next Nobel Prize winner. Not all films do that. Some films, as I mentioned, make you maybe change your perspective on a certain subject, right? Some films can also be very serious, can be very serious subject matter. Things that maybe people don't wanna talk about as much, like mental health. Maybe that can educate you more on subjects like that. So I think movies are very, very important. Now, I believe personally that you can learn something from any movie, any movie. Even when you go watch a Marvel movie, Sometimes there's very much Shakespearean-like themes in these films that we just don't realize. But we have to kind of take a step back and say, huh, okay, yeah, I see that, okay. Kind of like metaphorical, yeah, yeah. So if you really look at each movie, even the silliest ones, and maybe except for films like Jackass, when you're just supposed to turn your brain off and watch some dudes beat the shit out of each other. But I believe... In almost every cinematic piece of art, there is something to learn from it. Whether it's something really profound or something like... Maybe... You know what I mean? Now, I'm going to discuss why some of these films will impact us. And the first of which is relatability, right? Oftentimes, you know, us as a society will... We all go through our own, you know, problems, our own situations. Some people suffer very tragic incidents in their life, things that are, that have affected them. And oftentimes, oftentimes, people will, myself included, will come across a film that hits, strikes a chord in our soul, and we can almost see ourselves like a mirror through the character on screen. While not exactly identical, we can relate to what's happening. And those are the films that stay with us for years, that leave us thinking. So, relatability is 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 something that not all films are going to strive for, of course. Some films are fic- fictitious, right? They're telling, you know, folk tales or 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 like I said, Marvel movies, DC films, you know, sci-fi fantasy, like, they're not, it's not necessarily the priority for every film, but there's a lot of grounded films out there, like I'm sure you've probably seen. Uh, there's a film called Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. I love that film. Now, that's not it, That's not a relatable film to me because I've never str- uh, struggled with, with drug abuse and drug addiction, um, but I know that there's people out there that do, so, you know, that film could possibly help them in their road to recovery, right? Because it it does have a very happy ending. Nick Sheff, I think in the film, he relapsed four times, but I think in real life, I was watching an interview, I think in real life, Timothy Chalamet said that he relapsed like 13 times, which is unheard of, right? But he was able to overcome and beat that demon. Now, I, I, I mean... I want to be very careful here because like I said, I don't struggle with addiction. So I don't know if that's something you ever fully beat. It's just something that maybe you contain. But long story short, he he found a way to, to live healthy and not resort to drugs and put that in the rear view, right? It's very inspiring. Like you don't have to be a drug addict to watch that film and walk out feeling inspired, motivated, you know, that that's what I mean. Like, obviously, films that are relatable to certain, you know, audience segments will hit very specifically home for them. But for someone like me that, as I mentioned, I don't struggle, I've never struggled with drug abuse, but I still walked out and I still felt something, right? So, relatability is very important. The next thing is films Pulling from things that take place in our reality. Often storytellers will write about what they know. They may not write something, you know, like a like an autobiography, right? But they'll they have a story themselves. Everybody has a story, right? I know some people are, 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 are going through tough times and, and people that struggle with, you know, depression, they feel like their life doesn't have meaning. But in reality, that's not true. We all have a story to tell. So often filmmakers and actors too, actors, they bring their own personal experience to a story, right? That's often how they kind of express emotion on screen by, you know, recollecting past experiences from their, you know, from their life, whether it be positive or negative. And filmmakers do that when they're telling a story, what they'll often do is pull from things in our society, or from their own, you know, personal experiences to help kind of illustrate what's happening in the film, and uh, and I think it's sometimes it can be done beautifully, and sometimes it doesn't always work. So I mentioned escapism, right? Now often that can be looked at as a negative kind of term. I think it's important, to a degree, to have some sort of form of escapism. Whether that's you like to play video games, go for a run, play basketball. I like to do that. Watch films. Now, you can't, like I said, there has to be a sort of uh, degree where you realize like, okay, this is temporary. I'm just doing this to release some stress. Forget about things going on in my life. And then I'll return to reality or whatever. You never escape reality, and you never should try to escape reality. No. But I think it's I think it's within reason, I think it's important to have forms of escapism. And I think very specifically they they should be used during times of grief, times of mourning, right? Or even on the flip side, you're feeling happy, you're feeling euphoric you want to watch films that fall in line with that emotion, right? But I think often more often than not, I think people that are that are going through something will often use film and television as a resource, and I am the exact same way. Right? Let me just think of one for myself off the top. I often watch Good Will Hunting, right? Now I'm I'm not a genius. I'm not this guy that has a photographic memory like Matt like Matt Damon, but the things that I relate to with his character cuz I I've watched Good Will Hunting hundreds of times. It's I mean everybody knows that film. It's if you haven't seen it go check it out. It's fantastic. But for I I'm a relatively young individual. I'm 22 and often people my age will feel lost right especially we're we're getting to that age where many of us are coming out of university and we just don't know what to do right some of us feel like we've wasted our time some of us feel like you know excited that we're done but now we just like where what do we do right and with goodwill hunting the reason why that's that's a film for me that's impactful for me is that you have this guy who has so much potential right has has such a high intellect but he doesn't want to take advantage of that and he doesn't want to do something with that because he's gone through traumatic experiences right he has trust issues he has you know he he often will I, it's been as as it was eloquently explained in the film by Robin Williams rest in peace that he often will not commit to relationships because he is afraid that he's going to be abandoned or that he's going to break his heart, right? Because he grew up in a foster home. So no, like I said, those are things growing up in a foster home and all that. I can't relate to those, but basically, I'm kind of getting away from my point here. But he sort of feels lost, right? He's he's going from job to job, working as a janitor. You know, I'm, by the way, no no shame on him. if 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 that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But I'm saying specifically in in, in his film, in this movie. We have a character that has so much potential, but he just he just hasn't broken through that wall. Excuse me. He just hasn't broken through that wall. And he's got his friends around him, and he's got his comfort zone, but he doesn't want to leave that comfort zone. Right. And Ben Affleck. I love Ben Affleck. I think the friendship that him and Matt Damon have in that film is so, is so great because... They have a beautiful conversation towards the end of that film when, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but Ben Affleck says like, you know, in 50 years, I'll still be working here and that's okay. But you got something that we don't and I'm not just going to sit around and watch you, you know, not do something about that, right? You have a skill set that one in a million, probably even, you know, slimmer odds, you have so much potential. And I don't want to see you waste it, right? And he says some famous line. He's like, you know, if you're still here working construction, I'll fucking kill you, right? Obviously, he's not speaking literally, but he's he's trying to emphasize the fact that, like, he wants to see him succeed. He wants to see him leave this comfort zone. He admits, like, yeah, I have fun going to the bar with you watching the Patriots game, right? But, like, I want to see you leave this town, and I want to see you do something with yourself because you have potential. Now, of course, most of us don't have a photographic memory, but many of us still have P- deep potential inside ourselves, we just haven't broken through that wall. So that's a perfect example of a film that is very, very impactful for me because I relate to that situation a little bit. Right? I there's times even to this day where I feel lost. I feel a little bit depressed because I, I, you know, I have dreams and I have aspirations, but it's just like sometimes we can go through dark corners, right? And, and, and we question our, you know our, our, our purpose, as I'm sure a lot of people, it's, it's very, it's, it's hard. You know, I've, I've often heard people say that going through your twenties is actually the most difficult decade of your life because you're often kind of, you're learning about yourself, right? You're, 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 you're trying new things. You're trying on different outfits. You're, you're often trying different, you know, um, I don't know how to put this like, almost like identities, you know what I'm saying? Like not, not identities, not saying like you're, you wake up one morning, you're Jim Carrey, you wake up the next you're you're Vin Diesel or something. No, I, I just mean like we're, 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 we're learning about ourselves. We're, we're still growing, right? Often parts of our brains, you know, are, are not even fully developed, right? I mean, most, most of the time it's, it's women that have their brain developed. I think, uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to talk about things I don't know about, but I, to my understanding, I, th- I think women's brains grow develop quicker than men's brains. But anyway,s I'm getting off topic here. Let's get back to what we're actually talking about. So, yeah, as as a re- films as a resource, that was that was that's what I was saying. When we're going through something positive or negative, but I think the majority of the time, when someone's going through something traumatic or you know they they went through a breakup or, or whatever, they'll often resort to specific films. That um, often the plot will reflect what they're going through, and it helps them. It helps them grieve through that process, and I think I think that's why films and art are so important. They're important to, to telling history, and they're important just in 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 learning something and helping us get through periods of life. But anyways, I have five films for me personally that have been very impactful for me. And it'll be different for everybody, of course. And and and, you know, if I really sat sit back and and look at these films, you know, I'm sure I could add more. Of course, of course. I'm probably gonna finish this podcast and, and, and go over my list and say like, wow, I forgot that. But so this is no particular order. This is not a ranking. These are just five movies that have left me thinking. The first one is Pursuit, the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith. Now, in this film, it follows a it, it's it's a real real life story of a guy named Chris. I can't remember his last name, but his name is Chris, right? Played by Will Smith, beautifully. And actually, his son, Jaden Smith, is also in the film as well. Play, he plays his son. Now, this is a guy, you know, hustling, grinding, trying to sell these like uh, these like uh, electronic devices to hospitals, but you know. The hospitals, they're just not buying it, right? So he, he he's working his damnedest, hustling every day, running across town, but he's not making any money, right? Nobody, nobody wants to buy these devices off him. He's struggling financially. He's in a bad place. And it just progressively gets worse throughout the film. And there's even one point where he literally loses his apartment and him and his son are pretty much homeless, right? They literally sleep in a subway bathroom. So you want to talk rock bottom? You know we can all sit here and you know we could think we're going through rock bottom, right? We got fired from our job, whatever. Not trying to, you know, th- those are shitty situations. But if you if you really want to put your life in perspective and, and see if you've really hit rock bottom, watch that movie and watch this story. Because I tell you, every time I'm feeling lazy. Or I'm feeling uh, uninspired, or I feel like I'm in a rut, feel like I'm in a hole. I watch that movie. That movie gets me off the couch, and that it lights that fire in me to want to do something, right? Because there, there is a happy ending, right? This guy, he, he's 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 down on his luck. Everything is going terrible for him. His girlfriend leaves him, pretty much abandons him, and his son, right? And it's just them two on their own. They're, they're sleeping in homeless shelters. They're sleeping in bathrooms, as I just mentioned. But through and through, right? He's still grinding. He's still hustling. He's trying. He's trying to become a stockbroker, and he has zero education in that sort of field. But he works his ass off. He pesters the dude that works at the uh, at, at the stock bro- brokerage firm. Pesters him, right? And eventually, he gets his foot in the door. One of my favorite scenes in the film is when he goes in for that job interview, right? And he, he just came back from painting the apartment because I, I think he agreed. I think the landlord agreed, like, okay, you've missed rent, but I'll agree to let you stay for one more month. I'll give you that extra bit of time to pay your rent if you paint the apartment. So he was he he had just came back from painting his apartment. Literally was not dressed appropriately to Go to an interview. He had paint literally on, like, on his face, his hands. If you've seen the film, you know the scene I'm talking about. And of course, he walks in and everybody in this building, they're all, you know, three-piece suit, looking all slick. They don't look impressed and nobody would. And he makes the best out of a bad situation. And there's a funny line where the guy, he's like, the, 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 um, the interviewer, he says, what do you think I would say? If somebody walked in, and what you're wearing, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, do you think I should let that guy have a job? He says something about his shirt, and then Will Smith responds and says, well, he better have been wearing a nice damn pair of pants, and everybody laughed. So, that's one of my favorite scenes, but anyways, the the movie ends where, spoiler, I mean, the film's like over 10 years old, I think, he works his ass off, comes out of the bottom, the gutter. And eventually becomes a stockbroker. And if anybody you know a stockbroker makes, those boys are doing good. And 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 girls and and, and and women and all genders. They're doing they're doing good. They're making good money, millions. So he came out on top, and, and I, I guarantee you, if you asked him, would he change any of it? I'm sure he probably wouldn't. As tough as that was. Now, I'm not speaking for this this individual, of course not. But those are things that 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 build character, those tough times, the suffering, right? Now we don't want to go through it. I don't want to go through it, but going through these experiences, they mold you, right? They change your perspective. So I love that film. Next is Joker. The reason why Joker, to me, I think is such a profound film, is that it really kind of reflects things that our society is still going through, and that's the stigma of mental health. Now, in terms of, you know, medicine, and treatment, and uh, recovery, you know techniques and whatnot. Like I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but I I think it's pretty obvious. We've come, we have come a long way. Like we're not doing lobotomies anymore and all those horrific practices from, you know, from, from back in whatever, like the, I can't even remember where, hopefully lobotomies still aren't going on, but to my understanding, they're not. So we, we have progressed, but still like there's still a lot of work to do in regards to mental health. It still has very much a, you know, a lot of people have preconceived, you know, notions about mental health and, and, and it's often frowned upon still by many people as a profession and as, as, as an actual, you know, illness. Like I'm just speaking in broad terms because there's obviously tons of different mental illnesses. But the, the, the thing about Joker is that we see a man break because he just feels like there's just no support for him right? It's seen in the beginning of the film that, you know, Gotham is, I think it had something to do with the, uh, the, uh, the laws and, uh, and the taxes They 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 had to basically shut down the whole, you know, unit that he was, he was being supported by. Like he couldn't see his therapist anymore. So now I want to be clear. I am not in any way condoning Arthur Fleck's behavior in the film. He, 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 he was straight up a criminal. He was killing people, right? I'm not condoning that at all. What I'm I'm saying is just the the core messages about mental health is that obviously that take that, that film took place in a different time when there was still a long way to come. We still hadn't, you know, we still had work to do when it came to mental health and, 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 and you know treatment and whatnot. But many of that we're still kind of working through the cracks of that to this day. Right. And 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 like I said, we've 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 come a long way, absolutely, but there's still a lot of work to do. So those are the things that I observe about the Joker, right? Like we see an individual just, just crack, right? But once again, not condoning it because mental health is not an excuse for violent behavior. It's not an excuse for violence. Okay. So that's not what I'm trying to say. But we feel like he just had nobody, right? Even his own mother was she, she needed treatment of herself, so he couldn't, he couldn't lean on her, right? So, that's why, for Joker specifically, those are the things that I pulled from the film. Let me know if you agree. Um, but the next film on this list is Marriage Story, starring um, Scarlett Johansson. Sorry, I was drawing a blank, and uh, I'm drawing a blank again. The other actor, incredible actor. He played Kylo Ren. What's his name? What's his name? He just—he was in House of Gucci. He's a really good actor. I'm drawing a blank. Come on. Fuck. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Adam Driver. There we go. Starring Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. And basically, it's the story of a couple going through a divorce. And it's probably the most realistic portrayal of a divorce that I've seen. Now, of course, I'm not married, so I've never gone through a divorce, but I've witnessed divorces and I've I've, I've I've been, you know, a bystander. I've been an outsider and I've kind of seen in a little bit of that process and how it can tear apart families, ruin relationships. And I think the film is so beautifully directed by uh, Greta Gerwig's Uh uh, boyfriend who's also or maybe husband sorry he's also a filmmaker. It, it's so great like they're, they're Greta Gerwig and her husband. Uh, I think his name is Noah. Let me find out. Amazing director. Uh, let me see. The marriage story director 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 let me see. Yes Noah Bomback hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Incredible filmmaker. That film is incredibly. I keep saying incredibly. It's 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 beautifully directed. The performances are fantastic, and I love that film because of relationships. Right now, this is something that a lot of people can go through. Myself included. Right, we've all been through. You know, not all of us, but many of us have been through. You know, romantic relationships, and and some some have worked out, and some ha- some haven't. Right. And this shows one that clearly is 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 falling out. Scarlett Johansson wants to get a divorce. Adam Driver didn't, and they're they're going through this whole process. And then they also have a son. And it's just it's incredible. I I love that movie. That movie. I I often like what because I've I've mentioned before. I want to be an actor, right? That is one performance, specifically by Adam Driver. The scene when I think they're sitting down, and uh, I think this was like you know. Some time had passed since, you know, Scarlett approached him in the film with the divorce, you know, paperwork saying, hey, I want to do this. So, and they were, I think they were just having a conversation and, and they both just broke down, but specifically Adam Driver in tears. And that was, to this day, I think that's still his best performance that I've seen. I loved him in House of Gucci, but I still think his best performance is in... uh is in that film. And in fact, also a you know, quick side note, Francis Ford Coppola is making apparently a, a a film he's wanted to make for over 20 years, but he, he, ha- he can't get the picture finance. He's literally pouring his own money, hundreds of millions of dollars for a film, I think called Megalopolis. And he originally wanted Christian Bale, but apparently he couldn't get him due to scheduling issues, probably had to do with Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, the other film that he's doing that was presented at CinemaCon called... Uh, I think it was called uh, Amsterdam. So that probably had something to do with it. So we got Adam Driver, who I think is an incredible... If you can't get Christian Bale, I'm not complaining if Adam Driver is my next choice. In fact, I think right now, I think they're both... You know, I'm not going to compare and contrast and all that, but he's a great actor. So he's going to be in Francis Ford Coppola's next film. He's going to be the lead. Uh, So I'm very excited for that. But Marriage Story is one of them. Uh, so I often will go to that film if I want to, if I'm going through something in, in a relationship, I'll often go to that film and, 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 uh, and watch that. That, that really helps me. Um, but the next film, Big Fish starring Ewan McGregor. I love this movie. I've seen this movie ever since I was a kid. Pretty much what it's about is Ewan McGregor. It, the, the film bounces back and forth between Ewan McGregor, like an older version of his character. And then... A younger version being you and McGregor, and basically it's it's the story of this old man, you know, talking to his family, telling his you know his his son's fiance just stories about his life, and the son can't stand it. He's been hearing these stories his whole life, and he he always says you know, Dad, like these are all folk tales. It's it's complete bullshit, and in reality, it might be, but. It's still it's it's exciting. When I watch that film, I feel like a kid at a campfire, and like my dad or something is sitting there telling like, "Once upon a time," you know what I mean? Like that's what I feel like. It's pretty much just a story of a guy's life, and this dude does everything. It's 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 a film I often go to when I when I when I want to kind of feel like this urge to like go on some kind of like adventure, you know travel or something because he, he he does everywhere he's he's a uh he works at uh he works at like a carnival as like a carny he enlists in the army he uh he he finds love he, he just does everything he, he's like this 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 dude that literally lives this like Life that in reality nobody will probably ever live in terms of vent- adventure, but he just travels across the world, meets all these different interesting people. He meets that that uh, the giant Carl, I think his name is, and he that's he sort of tags along with him. It's just like it's it's such it just that that movie kind of like warms my heart, you know, like it's it's good for the soul when you watch it. It's it's very much I I draw a lot of uh, you know comparisons to that film and Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump is also very similar. It's it's this guy who literally just does everything, right? He, like I said, enlists in the army, becomes a ping pong world champion. Um, he plays college football. Like I think at the end of the film, he gets uh, he gets like shares of Apple when Apple was was uh, was 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 first starting. So it's it's just like it's 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 a nice film to watch. You know, it gives you this sort of sense of like discovery and like adventure as i've mentioned so but the number one sorry well number one it's it's not a a ranking but the next film the last film on my list is whiplash starring miles teller and jk simmons now if you don't know the story of this film uh it was actually originally adapted from a short film that jk simmons was also in and apparently it got so much buzz and, and, and and such good reception that they eventually adapted it you know financed the picture gave it a bunch of money to make it a full feature it was a different actor in the short film that played Miles Teller's character. Um my first time seeing Miles Teller was in that film he did, I think it's called 21 and Over, right? It's a decent movie, funny, right? Raunchy comedy. And after I watched that, you know, I I, I thought Miles Teller, because I would never seen him in anything else, I thought, oh, you know, he's he's a good actor, you know, he's probably just gonna be one of these guys and he was just gonna do these. You know, American Pie films, and, and and that's pretty much it. But no. <laughs> my God, he is a fantastic actor. And I talked about in on my last episode, The Offer, which is a, a, a Paramount Plus series showing the, the process of how The Godfather was made. He stars in that as the producer Al Ruddy. And he's also in the new Top Gun movie, which I really do want to see. I haven't seen it yet. Once I do, I'll talk about it here. Um, But yeah, in this film, he plays an aspiring drummer. Right, and he often, in the film, will refer to his idols, the guys that inspire him, and it's just it's similar to *Pursuit of Happiness*. It's a movie that really kind of like, you know, gets me off my ass and and makes me just want to like conquer the world, you know. And it's 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 a very inspiring film, you know. This this guy, he gives everything he gets everything to pursue his 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 career and chases dreams of of being a, a a drummer which i often relate to because i really want to be an actor and, and i'm i'm all in like i i, I fucking love it and if you want to do something if you want to pursue something like that it's going to come with sacrifices if you want to pursue anything that you really care about in life it's going to it's it's going to come with some sacrifices that that's just how it is whether it's sacrificing hang, hanging out with friends or going out and partying or playing video games or consuming less content it's it's sacrifices will come along the way if you ask any person that's successful i'm sure they will tell you it did not come easy and it came with a lot of sacrifices and so he wants to be this drummer and he's aspiring to 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 join this very specific uh you know club or or, or group i'm i'm sure i'm probably using the wrong terminology i'm not into music so i'm not familiar with, with the vernacular of it, but he wants to join this, like, uh, I don't don't want to call it a band. He wants to join this, the certain music group. That's very, very difficult to get into. And the conductor of this is a very respected individual in that, uh, space in, 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 uh, in music. Um, and that's J.K. Simmons character. He's, he's a professor, he's a teacher, uh, and he's very, very strict, very rude. Very mean, very brutal, very honest. And he asks a lot out of the students because he he wants to bring the best out of them, right? He's like that coach that you had. That you look back and, and and when you had that coach, you thought, damn, this guy just won't get the fuck off my back. But you look back and you think, damn, you know, I think the reason why he was pushing me so hard was because he saw potential and he wanted the, he wanted to get the the best out of me, right? Now we find out in the film that I think he pushed people a little bit too far because one uh, drummer or or, or or one person in this uh, in this music group actually uh, killed himself, committed suicide, unfortunately, which is obviously very sad. And and uh, in, in the film you find out it's because he was pushed over to the edge very much by J.K. Simmons's character. Um, He's very, very rude. He's often it's, it's a lot of people draw the comparison to 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 Gordon Ramsay, right? I, I think that's a great comparison. There's literally a scene where, uh, he's trying to find somebody that is out of tune. Um, and he often will tell like the I'm just gonna call them the band. Correct, you know somebody in the comics that's that's more familiar with this kind of subject than I am. Let me know what I'm missing. Um, but let's just call it the band. Uh. He 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 asks the band certain like parts like he'll go to the you know to the uh, clarinet and the the trumpet and uh, the guitarists and, and, and the bass players and he'll ask them like quickly perform like a note or a line or something because he wants to find out who is out of tune and once he finds that individual he fucking lays into him and the the, the poor guy is in tears and he you know he's a relatively larger individual. Um, and he, he, he just can't look JK Simmons in the eyes while he's just being verbally, you know, destroyed by him. So he's looking down and he's crying. He's obviously very upset. And JK Simmons is like, you know, what are you looking down there for? There's no fucking Big Mac. And like, yeah, that's yeah. So basically he pushes Miles Teller to literally the brink of insanity Miles Teller almost gets himself killed sometimes. We see he's trying to rush to get to this uh, performance that they have scheduled. And he literally gets hit by a truck, by a transport truck. And usually when that happens, you gotta stay. You gotta wait for the police to show up. You gotta report the the, the scene. You gotta exchange insurance company. This guy's like, nope, fuck that. I gotta get to this fucking performance. I don't care that I'm bleeding. I have to do this. Uh, That's some fucking determination right there. And yeah, so it's basically the story of somebody trying to achieve greatness and pushing himself to the absolute limit. And being pushed by somebody, being J.K. Simmons, to the absolute limit. So anyways, those are five films. I'm putting up to five films, not ten. Those are the five films... That really have impacted me. Some of you may have seen these films. If you have, let me know if you feel similarly or they just didn't work for you in that regard, which is totally fine. Or let me know what your list is. I'm very curious. This is very specific to everybody. Everybody's, everybody's list of impactful films is going to be different for different reasons, right? So let me know what your list is down in the comments below. Now, the next topic I want to go and discuss is titled how has the age of social media and content, how has that affected our attention span? Now the word content, right? We hear that a lot. It's a, it's a broad term to to, uh, to describe forms of media. This is one of them, right? What you're watching, this is one of them. Film is a form of content. YouTube, Twitter, social media, right? It's all connected. It's content. You could swipe through Instagram. If you see a picture that you like and you like that photo and you look at it for a second, you're consuming content, right? TikTok, it's it's all content, right? Has that affected our attention span? I think the answer is yes. I think it's very, very obvious. I can speak from my own personal experience. I think it, it's certainly affected our attention span because. We're living in a time where everything in terms of entertainment, media, news is at the the, the tip of our finger. It's at our beck and call. If we want to know anything, we can get it within minutes, seconds sometimes. If we that and it's the same for entertainment. If I want to watch a guy kick a soccer ball 100 yards and, and and see him get it in a net like in a basketball like some some dude perfect shit. If I want to see that, I can. It takes no take me no more than like 90 seconds, a minute and a half to see that happen. So we have this overabundance of content at the tip of our fingers, right? And not just content. If we want to post on social media, we want that like gratification. We can get that. Very, very quickly. So what it's done now, it's like desensitized us from being able to just sit down and just watch. Like I'm going to use movies, for example, because that's mostly what I talk about. It's it's often affected like how we just sit down and like enjoy a film. Like often people and myself included will tap out after 10 minutes of watching something. It's like, oh, it's not for me. I'm done. On to the next one, right? And I think a lot of these streaming platforms, I'll take that for an example. Many of them have have, have taken the approach of quantity over quality. And I'm looking specifically at Netflix. I will, it will take me sometimes an hour, over an hour just to find something to watch on Netflix because there's just so much. There's so much. You go through every category, right? Horror, comedy, drama, whatever, right? There's like fucking 50, 60 films per category, right? There's just, there's too much. There's too much. There have been studies done that if you give an individual less options of things to choose, right, he'll make up his mind quicker on something to pick. Whereas if you give someone like, I don't know, let's say you're, 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 serving a, a dish to somebody uh, and you give them four options of, 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 you could have one of these entrees, right? I think the person is likely going to decide on one of those four entrees quicker than if you would have presented 20 different entrees. I mean, it's, it, that's not like, that's not some genius concept. I think most people can probably understand that. And the same is true of streaming. I like, the, the, Netflix is the, just the biggest one I think of, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's others. There's, there's just so much fucking choices, so much content. It's just too much. It takes forever to decide on a film. And sometimes I just don't watch anything because I'm just like so tapped out and exhausted from trying to decide. I just give up and I say, fuck it, I'll just watch a 10-minute YouTube video and go about my day. There's a lot of people that have that same thought process as me. That's why I prefer streaming platforms like Crave, for example, for those of you who don't know, Crave is is our uh gateway in Canada to watching HBO because we don't have HBO Max. I I still don't completely understand why. If, if somebody knows better than I will, they can explain. But I like Crave because there's not as much content. There's still quite a lot, but it, it's 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 very some of it's very niche. So uh, you know, I do have a, a bias towards many of the the niche content they have. I'll I'll admit that. So. It works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. But I like Crave because Crave less content. And I feel like the quality overall is better. Now that's just my opinion. You could disagree with me. That's totally fine. Uh Netflix is still probably the king, you know. Apple TV is another one. I like Apple TV. There's not as much content on Apple TV. You have amazing shows. Like everybody is I was I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was telling me about a show called Severance, which I've heard so many people talking about that. So, and that's not to say there's not good original content on Netflix. There is, obviously. Ozark, Better Call Saul. Uh, actually, is that Netflix original? I'm not sure. I don't think it is. Okay, so you have Ozark, Stranger Things. Uh, you know, if, if you look at films, uh, there's tons of movies. I See, I can't even, like, think of one because there's just so many. So... It's so basically going back to the main topic. I, I think there's just too much content, and, and I think it's it's fucked with our attention span. Myself included. I'll be honest with you. I struggle sometimes to watch a movie at home, right? Because I'm just like, there's just so much things around me that are just kind of like pulling me out of like the you know the sort of mindset to just sit down and just let the, the the film and the narrative and the story kind of guide you that's why like for me i often feel like i can only really watch a film nowadays if i go to the theater because it's like it's like a psychological thing it's like i'm going there for one reason i'm going there to watch a movie i'm paying my 15 bucks to get my ticket and to watch my movie and that's it right whereas at home it's just like there's so there's so many different so much technology around us that can just distract us so sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I struggle to even like watch a movie at home because there's just so much other things going on around me. Um and I think a lot of that has to do with social media. I'll be honest with you. I fucking hate social media at this point. I, I I'll be honest with you, I, I, I just don't like it. And the only reason really why I'm on it is to promote the podcast. Because I, I, I can't deny social media is a it is arguably the most important tool to market anything to market a platform a business anything so I, I can't just ignore that and obviously I'm not a big enough podcast yet to hire somebody to just specifically handle my social media because if I had the money and if I had the you know presence, in and, in and, and, and a large enough following as a podcaster, I would hire somebody to take care of all the social media shit for me. You would see me piece the fuck out, and I would not be on social media. I just don't like it anymore. I, I I just when I was younger, I did, you know, when when I was like, in my you know teenage years. I'm speaking like I'm some old man. I'm 22. I was literally a teenager like four years ago. But in my teenage years, I really liked it. You know, it was nice to be able to connect with friends and see what they're up to. But now I just don't give a fuck. I just not, not about my friends or anything I, or, or, or other people. I just, I just don't give a fuck to be on social media. And I just also think it's just not social media in general. I just don't think it's, it's conducive for your mental health. I can just speak from my own personal experiences. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a rant. Um, but then again, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's that's kind of like what podcasts are for. Right. So I, I think it's impacted Social media and content, even though they're, you know, synergistically kind of like this, the, the, under the same umbrella, content in general, social media, I feel like is under that umbrella of content. I feel like it's definitely impacted our attention spans. Um, and let me know what you guys think. It's a pretty interesting topic of discussion. And I'm curious to see if you guys, you know, see how you feel. So, the last topic of discussion for today's podcast, I want to go over. This whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial, but I know what you're thinking. You're waiting to hear if I'm team Johnny or team Amber. I'm quite the opposite. I, in fact, I'm neither. In fact, I don't give a fuck what's going on with that trial, to be honest with you. Like people come up to me, my people, my family, my friends that they ask me like, oh, you've been following that? Have you said like, no, I, I don't care. I don't, and, and to be quite frank, I don't know why a lot of you care either. I don't know. I I don't understand what's so important about it. And I know one could counter and say, well, if you don't care, why are you talking about it? Good point. The reason why is because I think it'd be an interesting topic of discussion to discuss why do people care so much about a lot of these internet celebrity whatever conflicts that are happening. And this is obviously one of them. This is the one that's on the biggest, it's the biggest topic of discussion right now, right? Like I said, I I have not been keeping track. People in my work try to tell me about it. I'm just like, look, I don't give a fuck. I don't care who wins. Like, because in reality, like the thing is, okay, let, let me say this. I know the, the surface level reason why people care because these are two obvious, like, these are celebrities. So of course, like Johnny Depp, big actor, Amber Heard, big, big actress, like that. I I understand that part, but I, I still just, I can't wrap my head around like why people literally care about this so much that like it's taking away from their own lives. They've dedicated so much like time. They're constantly playing catch up. It's like they're a part of the jury, and they like c- got to learn every single detail of what's happening. It's like what gain are you getting from this? I, I just it, it just it bothers me. It's like what learning about this? What is this going to do for you? I I don't I don't understand. I, I, is this going to make you feel like you're more informed? So when you're at Starbucks and you're you're talking about things with your friends and you can name every single detail about the Amber Heard trial, like, what does that say about you? It just says that you, you you just, you just, you look at what what's going on in other people's lives. Like, it's, in reality, it's not our business, what's going on. Now, I know it's it's nationally televised, so, of course, they're doing that for a reason because they, they want people to see this, but in reality, it's like, why watch it? Like, it's, it's just, it's none of our business. The only people that know what's going on in that whole situation is really only Johnny... Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and their, you know, representative legal teams. That's it. We know nothing. We may think we do, but we don't. So, like I said, I'm not on either side. I don't give a shit what's happening. I don't care who wins. I I just... I want to know why it's so important to everybody. How is it going to affect them? That's all I care about. Now, you know, I... John Campy, for example, he, he, he always eloqu- eloquently states he does not like to cover TMZ drama. He only likes to cover that. He only likes to dip his foot in that area once it affects the movies. So yes, in, in, one could argue that the reason why I'm keeping up with this is because it, it's going to affect the films that I watch. And to that, I can't argue that that's true. But other than that, I don't know why it's so important to people. That's basically all I wanted to say about that. I just wanted to share my my thoughts because I have people that ask me almost every day. Not sorry, not every day, but like people come to me a lot and they ask me, what are my thoughts on that? And I just, I don't know why it's so important to so many people. Like I said, I want to repeat. I'm not on either any one of their sides. I don't care. I just don't know why it's so important to people. Because once it's done, people aren't going to talk about it anymore. And then you're gonna look back and you're like, why did I like waste so much time talking about that whole thing or or like stressing about it? Like there's people that are such like diehard fans of like whether you're you're the diehard fan of Amber Heard or Johnny Depp, people are like writing college summaries and presentations, theses about their how they feel about that, and when in reality they probably should be focusing on their actual college assignments or whatever it is that they're doing. The, the things, their actual priorities. Instead, they're focusing on that. So anyways, that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. That'll end today's episode of Unbashful. A little bit different, uh, a little bit of a change of pace. Let me know what you guys think down in the comments below. And I wish you all good health, great health, happiness, and everything. And I hope you all have a great night, great day, great life. I'll see you all later on episode episode 28.